Hi, everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. Every morning at 7 a.m. on school days, Fred, Merlanda, and myself get to sit down for 10 minutes from 7 a.m. to 7.10. So if you're Eastern Time uh, and you think about us from 7 a.m. to 7.10, I'd love for you to just... uh, talk to God and, and ask him to be able to speak through me to my to my two ch- two school children that are at the house. Um, this past week, we had a little bit of a delay because Mommy Lynn has been having some trouble with Merlanda and what she is listening to. So I don't know if you guys have this struggle in your house with phones and iPads and computers and We've even tried uh, television. Do you guys remember DVDs where you can put a DVD in the thing so you can control what your kids are watching? Because, you know, most televisions now, if you happen to put a television in either your kid's bedroom or outside in like a little playroom, they have access to the entire Internet on there. Actually, we were having trouble with our um, ice maker in our refrigerator a couple of months ago. And so we got this smart, I think it's called a smart refrigerator. And do you know that that actually had the internet on it where you could look inside your refrigerator or whatever that ended up breaking too. the ice machine on that broke too. So we didn't have to worry about that. So I decided, and I've seen this on social media where they have that. Do you guys remember that old clock radio where you, it has the clock on it and then the radio. And then that's, that's what you, I guess I've had it for like 745 years. Cause I saw something on Facebook that said like, this is what your grandma used to wake up to. And I'm like, Oh, that's what I wake up to every morning. So I thought that's what I'll put in Merlanda's room. Just I'll put it on a Christian radio station at night and that'll help her go to sleep. And, and we'll um, just, that'll, that'll be my answer. So I had placed it in her room and then uh, one day this week when I went upstairs to wake her up to make sure she was or to make sure she was awake around 630, I saw that that radio had been moved and she was sleeping with it in the bed real close to her right on her pillow. And I went over and I listened and the station had been changed. (laughs) I was so mad. And so I after I woke her up, I was like, Merlanda, what is this station you're listening to? So she, I tell you what, she and Fred are so good. At, it reminds me so much of Adam and Eve in the garden. If you ask Merlanda something, she says Fred did it. If you ask Fred something, she'll, he'll say Merlanda made me do it. So Merlanda's response was, that is exactly the same music that Fred has me listening to in the car on the way to school. And I said, really? Okay. She said, um, and those, those songs, they change. Sometimes they play Christian songs. Sometimes they play those kind of songs. And I was like, really? That is so interesting. So I took the radio. You know, you have to unplug it. So I took the radio, unplugged it, took it downstairs in the kitchen, and plugged it in in the kitchen. And then I went ahead and was getting a cup of coffee. And Fred comes from downstairs upstairs. And as soon as he walks in the kitchen, and I play, I, I left the music on. At the second he walked in the kitchen, he looked over, saw this new device, the radio that was in the kitchen and and immediately turned it down and said, Mommy, Linda, what are you listening to? And I said, well, Merlanda said that's exactly what you listen to in the car on the way to school. And he said, absolutely not. He said, I've never heard that song before, but I can hear just right now uh, those few words. That's not an appropriate song for you to be listening. <laughs> For you to be listening to. And I said, well, I kind of thought that same thing. And this, what just screamed out to me was that young man has ears to hear. Merlanda does not have those ears to hear yet. 
And the Bible tells us very clearly, for those of you who have ears to hear, for those of you who have eyes to see, I want you to listen and I want you to hear. What what did Jesus mean when he said, he who has ears to hear? You know, in the Gospels, Jesus speaks about those who have ears to hear. And at the end of a very difficult saying or a parable, whoever has ears, let them hear. That's in Matthew 11. If anyone has ears, let him hear. Who is he who has ears to hear? So we spent, this was, that was not our planned devotion that morning, but we spent the rest of the morning from our 7 to 710, which 10 minutes goes very fast with those kids, talking about Fred's ears and how his ears heard something that Merlanda's didn't, which of course made her mad because she, <laughs> she doesn't want Fred to have anything that she doesn't have. Um, better yet, who is it that has ears? Ears are a feature that are shared by all humanity, right? To not have ears would be a very unnatural occurrence. Therefore, when Jesus addresses those who have ears, it's kind of like, what do you mean those who have ears to hear? We all have ears to hear. But he refers to all who have been given his words, no matter their age, no matter their ethnicity, no matter their language, no matter their status. But there is a big difference in having ears. Merlanda had ears when I went upstairs. She had her ears. But there's a big difference in having ears and having ears to hear. So I want to spend a little bit of time with you during this episode to talk about the parable of the sower and the seed, because that's where Jesus contrasts the types of hearers. He talks about those who let the word pass straight through their ears and those who truly listen and seek understanding. And I want to tell you, it literally took Fred. I, I want to say maybe 10 to 15, between the time it took him from the top of the stairs over to the counter, for those of you who have been to my house, uh, I want to say less than 10 seconds. His ears heard immediately that that was not something we needed to be hearing. So listen to the parable of the sower. If you want to follow along with me, it's in Mark 4, 13 through 20. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it. And while all the people stood on the shore, then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some of it fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some of it fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil, and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched. And they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked out the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Such a strange thing to say at the end of that, isn't it? The disciples came to him and said, what do you speak to the people? Why do you speak to all of us in parables? And he replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Mm. Three, two kids, one of them heard something, one of them didn't. The knowledge of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. And whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance And whoever does not have, even what they do have will be taken from them. 
This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they don't see. Though hearing, they don't hear. Not only do they not hear, they don't understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. I love when the New Testament quotes the Old Testament. And if you ever look at, I mean, it's literally exactly what's in the Old Testament. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. I've got a mom here in the room. Teresa, do you ever feel like sometimes, or did you ever feel like sometimes your kids were always listening, but they were never hearing a word you said? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You will be ever seeing, but, and I'm sure probably our kids thought the same thing. They probably think that we're always listening, but we're not understanding a word they're saying. You will be ever seeing, but you're never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. I, 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 I know I, I'm constantly uh, relating back to my kids, but moms, if you have kids, you, it's so easy to see the relationship of our father with us and, and us with our children, right? Our, the unconditional love that we have for them. And then the fact that how God tells us, you know, it's, it, isn't it funny though, moms, how we're, we can so easily see it with our kids, but we don't see it with us in the relationship with our father. But that's the way it is. They hardly hear with their ears. They've closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes. <laughs> Otherwise, they might hear with their ears. Otherwise, they might understand with their hearts. And then if they would just turn, I would heal them. Wow. That's, that's really big. And for those of us who have sickness in our lives, sickness in our families, we might want to just listen to that really again. If they would hear with their ears and see with their eyes, if they would just turn, I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and blessed are your ears because you hear. For truly, I tell many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they did not see it. And they long to hear what you hear. But they did not hear it. My kids from Haiti get so, Belinda was just telling me the other day, I am so sick and tired of you telling me how blessed I am uh, because I uh, actually just got some really, really bad news today. For those of you who don't know, Love Him, Love Them, one of our main focuses is in the country of Haiti. And we have orphanages and schools and transition homes and uh, churches and hospital but we have children that sometimes we're able to bring over on student visas. And I got some really bad news today about one of our kids that we thought was actually, actually thought I was going to pick them up next week in Haiti. Uh, and the school has now said they don't have room for that particular child. So the kids that are here, I'm constantly telling them, you know, wow, you just don't realize how good you have it. Right. And that's what God is saying here. These people, these righteous people that long, they long to see, but they don't see it. They long to hear, but they don't hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. So here's where he explains it. I always love it when he comes out and says, here's what I'm talking about. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed that was sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. Have you ever had that? About I think it was about three or four weeks ago, uh, the 
I was at a church and speaking on a Sunday morning, and the pastor asked me if I would pray for his daughter. His daughter was downstairs in the um, children's ministry, and I can't remember right now what was wrong. There was some sort of a disease that we couldn't tell if she was healed right away during the prayer because we had to wait for her to go back to the doctor, which I need to follow up on that. That might be a miracle that we've already had that we don't know about. But as I was explaining to her about Jesus and literally presenting the gospel to her, that's exactly what she did. She was one who received it immediately and received it joyfully. It was almost like I was offering her a million dollars, which is what it is, right? She wanted the gift. She received the gift and she received it with joy. The seed, uh, but here's the problem with this particular uh, part of the parable. The seed that falls on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But the problem is since they have no root, that joy only lasts for a very short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they fall away quickly. We need to listen to this because I think this is where there's a lot of confusion that comes in about once saved, always saved. The question is, was was the person really receiving Jesus? Because there's when trouble and persecution comes and we fall away quickly, were we ever really there? The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life, whew, we have so many people in this area right now, the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and they make it unfruitful. But then there's the seed that falls on good soil. And that refers to someone who hears the word. And this is a better explanation of that little girl who hears the word and understands it. And then this is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So the bottom line is this, just like Fred and Rolanda both heard the same music, some hear the word, yet they don't allow it to take root because of the seduction of worldly pleasures. Somebody has been putting that other music in Rolanda's ears. Now, I don't know if she's been hearing it at school. I don't know if somebody's been slipping her a phone, because I know I've never heard that particular song that was on that radio that day. But those worldly pleasures and that comfort overtook her, overtook her being obedient, overtook her listening, and even caused her to lie to say that that's what Fred was listening to, right? Others end up rejecting the word because of persecution or trials. You know, a lot of us as Christians have have that really confused, that if we, we think we're being obedient, we're doing what the word of God says, and then all of a sudden we get persecuted or we have some sort of a trial in our life, and we get that confused with we think that um, God doesn't love us, and yet I always think, I wonder how mad Paul gets whenever he hears Christians on this earth complaining about the things that we complain about after everything that he went through. When we have those trials, we have to realize we're overcomers. Why would the Bible continue to tell us that we're an overcomer if we never had anything in this world that we had to overcome? Why would the Bible continuously talk about perseverance and endurance if we never had anything in this world that we had to endure or persevere? You know, talk about being, people want to talk about how the Bible contradicts itself, but I think as Christians, we contradict what the Bible says by, or by thinking that our lives are supposed to be trial-free and persecution-free. And most of us don't even know what persecution is, 
right? That's in other countries where literally people are are killed for having a Bible or are completely ousted from their families for professing to be a Christian. Others end up rejecting the word because of their persecution or trials. And then finally, others hear the word and open themselves to it. They understand it and they accept it and it transforms them. That's the key. Because once we are transformed, now we have ears to hear, right? That's why we have to be transformed. The the renewing of our mind also transforms us. And that's what allows the word to bear fruit, the glory of God. It is up to the hearer. And I just can't stop thinking about Fred and Merlanda the other morning. It's uh, It was up to each one of those who heard for them to decide whether they were going to take what the word seriously and pursue understanding. And the fact of the matter is only a few people are willing to do that. Because the rest of us, we all have ears. We all have ears, but we don't have ears to hear. You know, whenever Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He's calling for people to pay careful, careful heed. It's really another way of saying, hey, listen up. Hey, pay close attention. You who have ears to hear, I need you to hear this. Speaking in parables was just one way that Jesus sought to gain the attention of crowds. People love stories. People love stories. And I have so many stories. People tell me that all the time. Linda, you can just keep telling story after story after story. People love stories. They want to know. That's our testimony, right? That's that's what proves that our, we have the relationship with God, the end of the story. The parables that are depicted, the, the events and the characters, which when we have those those parables, that's what people can really relate to, right? Matter of fact, People would rather hear, for those people who don't want to evangelize or don't want to um, share the gospel because they're afraid they don't know enough Bible verses or they don't know the Romans road, people, you know what people really want to know is what did Jesus do for you? <laughs> How has Jesus changed your life? What They would much rather hear what Jesus has done in your life than they would for you to sit down and quote a bunch of Bible verses to them. But the fact of the matter is, even when the crowds heard the parables, Unless they were willing to tune out all the other distractions and come to Jesus to understand the meaning of his preaching, they needed more than ears. (laughs) However keen they were, they needed ears to hear. When, When Jesus was asked by his disciples why he continuously was speaking to the crowds in parables, Jesus went back to Isaiah 6, and that speaks about the people who have eyes to see who have eyes and ears. Those people in Isaiah 6, they had eyes, they had ears, but they were the ones who had hardened their hearts. And they were the ones who had chosen to ignore the word of the Lord. Do you guys remember what he said about them? (laughs) It's pretty tough. Because part of the judgment on those who refuse to believe is they're eventually they're going to lose their opportunity to believe. Whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they do have will be taken away from them. You know, the offer is not good forever and ever and ever. We continue to harden our hearts 
Do you remember uh, back with the Israelites where God said, fine, I'm going to turn you over. You can have whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You can, if you want all the meat, here's the meat. You're going to take it. Then he ended up making them choke on it. But after a while, God is like, that's fine. Just, just go, just take it. I don't, I don't, I don't want you believing anymore. <laughs> you know, there's a similar phrase that's found in revelation. And, and I just want to stop on that for a minute because a lot, I remember my husband used to tell me, you know, when it's time, it'll be time. When it's time, not when he was my husband, but whenever, whenever, whenever I get older, whenever I I have time, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. When you continuously take your ears and stop hearing your eyes and stop seeing your heart and you continue to harden it sooner or later, there will come a time when there won't be a time. And I'm not trying to hell's fire, brimstone, whatever, but I'm telling you right here, it says whoever does not have even what they do have will be taken from them. And in Revelation, it says, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And and you can we can put this in the notes if we need to, but this is all through Revelation, in Revelation 2 and in Revelation 13. Immediately following a description of the Antichrist, we read this, whoever has ears, let them hear. The readers of Revelation are called upon to pay very close attention and seek God's wisdom concerning what is written. Who is he who has ears? The simple answer is this. All people who have been or are being given the words of God, just like the parables in the original audience, we also, it's time for us to listen up. It is time for us to pay very close attention. You know, one of the things that really bothers me right now is the podcasts, the uh the music, the movies, the even on what we're calling Christian stations that we are listening to that do not line up with the word of God. But the problem is the majority of us don't have ears to hear. And we don't know the word of God well enough to know that what we're listening to, we're listening with our ears, but we're not, we don't have ears to hear what is breaking God's heart. What is not the word of God, you know, it is time to listen up. It is time to play close attention. Jesus had a simple request, and that is that we use our God-given faculties. That's our eyes. He gave us our eyes to see. He gave us our ears to hear. But we have got to do just like Fred did when he walked up those stairs. His ears were so tuned that it didn't take five seconds for him to realize that is not something I need to have in my life right now. And it certainly, he, he, he was so upset with me. That doesn't need to be in our home, Mommy Linda. We've got to tune into his words for whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open seeking. And that was one of the things I had to explain to Merlanda. She might turn that, she might pull that radio over and I might not have come upstairs and heard that song, but who does see everything? Who does know everything? Somebody way more important than me. Seeking God's truth takes energy and focus. And it takes a willingness to be challenged and to be changed. And while the way of God's truth is not the most convenient or fun path to take, you know, sometimes it's not fun if you're in a car with a bunch of kids. And I, I have this happen a lot because I'm, I'm, I'm the strict mother and I'm the one who does only play the Christian stations that when uh, we had a party a couple of weeks ago on the way to the skating rink and 
everybody in the back was making fun of my kids because I wouldn't turn the station to the station they wanted to. They were like, oh, tell her to turn it to, I don't remember what it was, but it was a very worldly station. And so it's not a fun path. It was not convenient. But how important is my relationship with the Lord? How important is it for my eyes to see and for my ears to hear the right thing for everybody that's in the back seat? We can be assured that even though it's not a fun path sometimes, even though it might not be a convenient path, that it is the best one. It is the best path. John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all these things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. How can the Holy Spirit remind me of something if I haven't already known it before? I've got to deposit that word of God into me. I need to make sure the word is in me so that then it is my job to respond to what the Holy Spirit says. You know, it's very important to me that I have ears to hear. And not only, I, I don't want to miss out. I don't, I don't want you to miss out on all that is yours. I don't want to miss it by testing God and by trying him. You know, some of us are so always wanting to live on the edge. We're wanting to live on the fence between what's okay, what's biblical, and what's not okay. Reminds me of um, Lisa Phillips, an uh, old, old friend of mine. When she first had her son, I think he was three years old, and they had those little sunshades on the side of the of the windows, and he was riding down the road in the emphasis. And as the sun would shine in, he would say to Lisa, that's okay. It's okay. Oh, that's not okay. It's not okay. It's okay. And she finally was like, what is he talking about? And it was okay when the sun wasn't shining in his face, but it wasn't okay when the shade was there. What it's, we can't just live on the fence and say, because to be honest with you, if you're living on the fence, you've already made it. You've already made a decision. You've made a decision not to live for the Lord. Because if the fence is the barrier between what is godly and what is not godly, we need to be as far on this side of the fence as we can be. We've got to take a stand. We've got to be able to have ears that let us hear. It is very important not only for me to have ears to hear and eyes to see, but for me to do something about it. So you may not have any issues with your children and what they listen to or having to monitor that on a daily basis or continue to keep an eye on it. Or your kids may even be out of the house. My question for you tonight is this. What are you doing about what your ears hear? And what are you doing about what your eyes see? What has God placed right in front of you that you see, that God has opened up the eyes of your heart to see for you to do something about it? What is it that he is trying to use you as an instrument for? Possibly for a miracle in someone's life? Possibly for you to make a difference in someone's life? Or maybe you do need to be that parent that turns the radio station. Maybe you do need to be that parent that says, you don't have ears to hear right now, so I'm going to help you until you do get your ears on straight to be able to show you what it really looks like to hear everything through the ears of God and to see everything through the eyes of God. One easy way, moms, that we can do that, we have our brand new uh, LHLT bracelet. They used to be WWJD. Now they're Love Him, Love Them. I'd love for you to go to your go to our website, buy one for everyone you know. It's got the charm on it that says Love Him, Love Them. And that will remind you throughout the day, one of the best things we can do to love them 
is to love Him. And one of the, the only way we can love Him is to be obedient to His commandments and to do what He says and to have ears to hear and eyes to see.